0: Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRito, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, May 7th, 2017. The text for the day comes from 1 Peter, the second chapter, starting at verse 19. For it is a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that, free from sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. It's one of my favorite anthems of the last half of the 20th century in the church. Those four words are transformative words. In remembrance of me, eat this bread. In remembrance of me, drink from this cup. This morning as we visited with the confirmation class, and we talked about the sacraments of baptism and communion, these words came up, in remembrance of me. But I think you and I need to take time in the Easter season to ask ourselves, what is it exactly that is worth remembering? And why is it important for us this week in this passage? As we have been doing since Easter Sunday, our series is on He is Risen and Now what? And in those words that Michael read from 1 Peter, we hear the now what's. As I was working through this passage or working through this sermon, I kept thinking of the immortal Paul Harvey, who would at the end of his broadcast say, and now you know the rest of the story. And it was a way for Paul to bring you in To a story that you may not have known, or that you may have forgotten, or one that may have had a different wrinkle than what you may have known originally. And then these words to First Peter this morning—these words found in First Peter this morning—I think we now know a few realities that can be easily forgotten, as the rest of the world has moved on from Easter. The rest of the world, as we can see through shopping and other things, is wrapped up in Mother's Day. It's wrapped up in Memorial Day. It's wrapped up in whatever crisis of the day you you want to find in our country. But you and I are still basking in the glow of the resurrection. We're still bathing, bathing in the glory of the Easter season. And because of Easter... Because of Christ's resurrection from the dead. Because of the resurrection of the one whose body and blood we remember through the sacraments. We are reminded why this is important. I don't know about you, but there are days that life can be hard. There are days where we question Everything in our lives, we question our relationships. We question our commitments. We question those in the public arena. There are days where we question God. I promise you this, and I will make no exception on this one. If you have not at some point questioned God, then I will tell you, chances are good you have no faith. Because there are those days that we can look at our lives and go, as Jesus said, my God, my God, why are you forsaking me? It could be a tremendous material loss. It could be an emotional loss. It could be a political loss. It could be something that is said or done in various places that are important to us. And we go, wait a minute. How... God, if you're there, why am I going through all of this? Well, in these words to Peter, now we know not the why, but we see redemption. First thing we see is that he's going on and he's saying, For it is a credit to you of being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. Now let me be clear. I am not saying, and do not leave here thinking, that I am saying that every piece of hell that you go through is because God's trying to teach you a lesson. We do not worship a God of causation. We worship a God of redemption. And in these words, we do not see words of causation, we see words of hope because we know now the first thing we learn from this passage is that we have God's approval not because of the situations we come in. We do not have God's approval because of how things come out. We have God's approval through faithfulness. One of the lessons in the confirmation class this week we were doing baptism and communion they had a little pop quiz in the middle of their work that they had to do to prepare for this Sunday. And one of the questions had to do with is being baptized being saved? And the answer, of course, was no. Salvation is found through faith in Christ alone. Baptism is an outward sign of that inward grace. But it's the one who has faith. And that's what Paul's writing to Peter here, the idea that one who keeps the faith no matter what we go through, is the one that has God's approval. Now we know that our calling is not about our situations. Our calling is not about our outcome. Our calling is to be faithful to the one who endured death, death on a cross, so that we may know that it is worth it, so that we may persevere. Not trying to find a specific outcome in our situations, but we must persevere, knowing that Christ has endured it all, so that we may find joy and peace in the resurrection Christ. But if we know now that we have God's approval because of our faithfulness. We are also reminded as he goes on: for this to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you leaving you all an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Now we know those are the footsteps of which we are to follow. But he goes on and he says, When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. One of the questions that we ask a lot, and one of the questions that is asked of us a lot, has to do with the idea of why do they not suffer the way that I am suffering? Whether it's someone who has abused us, whether it's someone who has been mean to us, someone who has ridiculed us, someone we know has been cheating, someone we know has been lying, someone we know has been deceitful, and we look and we say, how do they have all these things? And here I am trying to be faithful. Here I am trying to be honest. Here I am trying to live as God has called me to live. And it seems that my world is falling apart more and more every day. We know that because of Christ's work, through His life, His death, and His resurrection, that ours is not to be a spirit of retribution but ours is to be one of trust. We now know, the second thing we now know, is that because of what Christ accomplished on the cross and rising from the grave, we are not about the business of vengeance or revengeance. We are ones who trust ourselves to God. We are ones who set aside our our own lives And we allow ourselves to be caught up in God's larger narrative. And I know this can be hard. These first two things that we've talked about, enduring suffering and knowing that all we are to do is to have trust in God. Now, I'm not saying not to stay in the middle of abuse. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is in times of trial, now we know ours is to have faith in God. And we now know that when we go through hardships, when we are abused, when we are, it's not about retaliation. It's not about vengeance, but it's about trust. Now there are ways in which societies deal with those who commit crimes of abuse, those who deal deal with crimes of inflicting pain and heartache on others. But as for God, and as for our relationship with God, ours is not to trust in the outcomes of worldly measures. Ours is to trust in God to be with us every step of the way. After all, we see it on the cross. And now we know the third thing. He bore himself, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that free from sins we might live for Righteousness. By his wounds we have been healed. Now we know that we are no longer bound up by sin and death and destruction, but we have been given the gift of freedom of life in Christ. The question we have to ask ourselves this morning is, what are we wrapped up in the most? Are we wrapped up in our circumstances? Are we wrapped up in our issues? Are we wrapped up in our despair? Are we wrapped wrapped up in our... Hopelessness, are we wrapped up in our pain? Are we wrapped up in our anger? Are we wrapped up in all these things that make us want to scream vengeance? Or do we want to be caught up in living for righteousness because by Christ's wounds we have been healed? See, we don't find healing by finding what we want here on earth. It's a hard lesson for us to hear because every fiber of our being wants us, wants those who hurt us to experience the same pain for themselves. And Christ says, I have endured everything so that you may have righteousness and that you may have peace. And the question will come back. Well, Lamar, that's all nice and well and good and sounds good from the pulpit on a Sunday morning, but let's talk reality. Let's talk reality for a minute. There is nothing that we hold near and dear to in the matters of this world that is not eventually going to go away. Nothing. After all, on Ash Wednesday, we are reminded as from ashes we come into ashes we return, even those we love dearest. At some point, either we're going to outlive them or they're going to outlive us. We can be caught up in loving an institution. It can be a school, it can be a church, it can be a political party, it can be a politician, it can be anything. And we must remember that our joy is not found in our earthly associations, but our joy is found in Christ. Our fulfillment is found in Christ. Our peace is found in Christ. And in this week's passage, we know and are reminded of these things. We are reminded that we might live for righteousness, not to get, not to get what we want, but to get what God has taught us and what God has shown us. For when we allow ourselves to get caught up in the anger, of self-righteousness. When we allow ourselves to get caught up in anger and despair where we want retribution and we want vengeance, we wind up not in the glow of Easter Sunday, but we wind up in the mobs facing Pilate on Friday where they yell, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Crucify Him! Where, dear friends, are we going to find ourselves this morning? Are we going to find ourselves, in the crowd yelling to Pilate, crucify him, are we going to find ourselves on the road on Easter Sunday morning where Christ appeared? Are we going to live for righteousness? Are we going to live for vengeance? The question belongs to us as individuals, and it belongs to us as a body, but I want to challenge you on this this morning as you come forward to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. May you take time to meditate and to focus on the absolute violence that is represented in the bread and the cup. And it is represented not to give us a sentimental Hallmark moment on a Sunday morning, but it is given to us so that we may have a way of life. A way of life that endures anything because we know in Christ we have been given everything. We give. We come this morning not for a sentimental, hallmark story to make us have a warm fuzzy on the inside, but we come eating the bread and drinking the cup because we have entrusted ourselves to the one who judges justly. And we come and we eat the bread and we drink the cup not for a hallmark moment that gives us a warm fuzzy, But we come and we eat the bread and we drink from the cup so that we might live for righteousness because by his wounds we have been healed. And the only way we're going to find a way to live through these things we now know is to dine at that table. To try to find it any other way is pointless. Now we know. And now that we know, may we live. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana. Find out more about us at fumcderitter.org or on Facebook at facebook.com F-U-M-C-D-R. Have a blessed day.